Poppin' the Christian Bubble. It is now time for the Cultured Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by, well, no one, because we're still small. But someday, hopefully, by companies like Apple and Amazon. Hello, friends. Here we are once again, episode five, the Cultured Christian Podcast, coming to you live from my quarantined, self-quarantined office here in the beautiful uh, suburbs of Detroit. And we're going to flip things on its head today and talk about our faith section. Often our faith section is what we end with in the podcast, but we're going to start right up front with that. And first things first, I want to dedicate this episode. You could say this is our first dedication of an episode, and we're going to dedicate it to my grandfather. March 15th, we uh, recognize two years on the calendar of having lost him to Alzheimer's disease. He passed away um, two years ago on the 15th of this month. And so today's topic is going to be very much connected with him and his story. You'll see that in just a few moments. And so the topic is kind of as a title is lucky versus blessing. Lucky versus blessing. Is this mere semantics or something different going on? You see, all throughout his life, my my grandfather, my mom's father, um, was not a religious guy. And he would constantly talk about just how lucky he was. I mean, the term blessing seemed foreign to him. It seemed maybe inappropriate to use. And I want to fill in some background for those of you who are listening to this podcast or a part of my life and you've never met my grandfather, never have been honored to know this man. It's important that you kind of have some of his life story. My grandfather grew up in West Virginia, the hills of West Virginia, in the early 1930s, the height of the Depression in America, right? He grew up, as most did in the 30s, poor, eating maybe a can or two a day of food in a house often without heat and water supplied by a water pump. He grew up to an alcoholic father. Him and most of his friends worked in the West Virginia coal mines, which he would tell us stories growing up of just how dangerous a job that was. Um, Most of us today don't know someone who works in the coal mining industry, so we're kind of removed from it. But he would share with me regularly that people died in those mines. It was a somewhat risky job that there would be cave-ins and people would get uh, literally just destroyed by this cave collapsing on them. And then other guys would get lung-related illnesses due to breathing in all of the gases uh, down there in the mines. At some point, he uprooted his family and he moved to Michigan, seeking, like many did, moving north for a better life for his family. He was, in his words, lucky to get a job working for a GM at a plant in Livonia, Michigan, which he ended up working there for 30 years, three decades at one job, going in Monday through Friday, nine to five, the same exact position. That in and of itself is so abnormal in today's 
economy. And with that job for GM, he had a good pension. He was able to purchase his own uh, modest 900-square-foot ranch home through a 30-year mortgage, which he ultimately paid off. He paid off a 30-year mortgage. That is a huge feat. Again, something that many find um, unable to do these days. He even was able to afford through his income buying a few brand new cars. He invested in the stock market. He was somewhat of a novice uh, to intermediate investor getting into stocks and playing the stock market to his benefit, so much so that he left uh, our family a good inheritance. He thought that much in advance of once he passed, he wanted to pass along some money to us as well. But more than anything, I think the word that sums up my grandfather's life is he was an incredibly uh, family-focused guy. I mean, he helped raise me and my sister when my parents' divorce happened. He took an incredibly active role in our lives. I mean, he was like a second father to me. And all the ways that a father fathers, my grandfather was there doing those uh, sort of things. He was always available to support us financially and emotionally, could always talk to him about anything and just uh, felt incredibly safe and protected whenever uh, he was ra around. The other thing that he would say contributing to his luck in life is that he was healthy most of his life, an area that he, he often pointed to. He would talk about just how healthy he was. He stayed away from alcohol, didn't want to end up like his, his father, again, being an alcoholic. So for him, it was a glass of wine uh, in the evening. That was the extent of his uh, alcohol use. And then it was in his 70s, the um, later beginning of the later part of his life, that he developed dementia and then Alzheimer's uh, disease. Now, when you listen to that story, my grandfather's story, do you believe, would you say that he was blessed or would you say that he was a lucky man? Again, for some of you, this may be like, oh my gosh, Kurt, this is the dumbest topic you've ever talked about on the podcast. And that may be, but I, I wrestle with this and we wrestled with this. This was a conversation him and I had numerous times because I never liked him using the word lucky. It just seemed to fall short. Many would look at his story and not see luck, but hard work and good decision making. And I mean, how can someone say he was lucky, in quotes, who spent the last decade of his life with his mental faculties slowly being erased like a warehouse being emptied box by box? As I mentioned, he and I had numerous discussions in my adult years about blessing versus luck. Was there a spiritual aspect to the opportunities and the good fortune that he enjoyed? I always believed so. I think on a very basic level, the difference for me, what people claim as mere luck and blessing, is having someone to thank. I mean, the, the basic difference is with luck, there's no one to thank. Blessing, you're attributing that someone else was involved or at least set you up for the best chance at having a good life. 
at having opportunities, giving you breath in your lungs and giving you muscles and arms and legs and eyes and ears to produce work, to make good decisions. The definition that I looked up online said that blessing is some kind of divine or supernatural aid or reward. And luck is something that happens to someone by chance, a chance occurrence. I mean, luck by its definition is just random. It, it happened for no apparent reason. We almost get hit by a car crossing the street at night and we say we're lucky. But again, this leaves us with no one to thank. We simply move on after recognizing our good fortune. My own father, my dad, he posed a good question years back that I've not forgotten. He observed that how when something good happens in our lives, Christians are often quick to point to the divine and say that God did that. Like we, we were blessed. We, we were blessed with these good fortunes. We were able to have that child that we had been trying for for so many years. We were able to kick that uh, addiction. We were able to uh, reunite that, that relationship, that marriage. Uh, we were able to do you fill in the blank, but when it's something that's good, Christians are often running to, rushing to say, it was God, it's spiritual, it's a blessing. And yet, when crap happens, right, when the things in our lives that we didn't anticipate or we didn't want to happen, we get the divorce, we get the disease, we get the uh, whatever it is that falls apart or falls short from what we had hoped, we don't generally attribute that to God, right? We, we run to God for help, maybe. We, we get upset with God that he didn't protect us from those things, but we don't, again, make that same sort of spiritual connection that we often do. Biblically speaking, there are a lot of passages that speak to a cause and effect universe. Sowing and reaping is one of those themes that you see in many places throughout Scripture. If you do this, then this happens or is more likely to happen. It's important to say that it's not automatic. Many Christians have simply made their own version of karma and they call it the prosperity gospel. It becomes like a mechanical God. If I do these things, then I will absolutely receive blessing, right? And there's verses, again, which you take out of context and you can suggest that God's saying that. If you give, then you will get. If you serve, then you will get. If you act a certain way, if you stop certain sins, then you will be blessed. You will get things. You will have a bigger bank account. You will have more cars. You will have a greater uh, marriage. That these things, again, are automatic associations. And I think as Christians, we have to be really careful here. And sometimes it's a thin line. Because again, Scripture does say that life will go better for you if you follow certain principles. It's more likely to. But it's not to say that someone who lives a very faith-filled life, a life that is attempting to honor God and they've gotten, they've overcome certain things in their life, that they're not too also going to have that natural disaster. It's like if, a, if you're living in Florida and there's a hurricane, it's not as if you're suddenly not going to be affected by the hurricane because you 
overcame some sin or you uh, started attending church that week. I mean, that's, again, one of those things where I think the Christian community sometimes makes these really asinine associations. I I read one recently, I think it was one of these tornadoes, maybe the one in Tennessee, where someone had shared this photo where a house was completely leveled, and the only thing that survived was a Bible. And, And someone like put like made it into a meme, and it was like, are you kidding me? Like you're serving a God who's like going to save your Bible, but destroy your house. Like to me again, that just falls short in so many ways, shape or forms. Like that family was pretty dang unlucky, right? That family was not blessed, um, to have their Bible make it, but everything they own was absolutely uh, destroyed. I just think that's silly theology when we start making these, oh, there's a cross and a symbol of the cross was left behind. Okay, I realize I'm getting a little cynical here, a little off track, so I'm going to kind of bring it back home, bring it back in, and just kind of share a few verses related to this topic today. Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. James 1.17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Isaiah 41.13, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, Fear not, I am the one who helps you. And the last verse I want to read is 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. So, friends, are we blessed or are we lucky? The answer is yes. Yes, we're, we're absolutely blessed. You were blessed to have air in your lungs this morning. You're blessed if you have sight. You're blessed, well, you definitely have hearing because you're listening to this podcast, not reading it. You're blessed to be born in this country. If you're born in the United States, you are blessed. There are absolute blessings in your life. But I also am not going to deny, I'm not going to be the guy who runs to the extreme. We're going to find the messy middle. And I would still argue that there is luck. There are things like when you drive into a parking lot and you get that spot that's right near the front door. I'm not going to say that the Lord opened that up for you. Could he have? Sure. Is 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 it beyond God's reach and power and authority? Of course not. But I generally think there is a portion of things in our life that just happen. They're not really caused by some great destiny-filled purpose, plan, all this stuff. They're just things that happen. But I genuinely think that when it comes to the big things in life, the track of your life, there's blessing. And let's seek that out. Let's look for the ways in which we're blessed. And of course, it follows that we thank the one who's blessed us. In tech this week, we got some news from Apple. Even though worldwide all of their retail stores are closed for the foreseeable future, they launched two major products this week, one of them being the new iPad Pro 
And this iPad Pro is, as usual, blows the water out of the last release. I currently have the 2019 iPad Pro 11-inch. But this one came out this year, and this one is huge in the sense that it has a touchpad keyboard that you can get uh, with it. It's an accessory, obviously. It doesn't come with it. And I was very surprised to learn its price tag. I went to the website and I thought, you know, I bet it's about $150 for that keyboard, just throwing out a number in my mind. It's $300, a $300 keyboard. It's insane. But it has this cool swivel. The iPad floats in thin air. You've got to see it if you haven't checked it out yet. It does look really cool. And of course, as I mentioned, it has a touchpad uh, like your MacBook Pro does. Um, that's cool. The iPad also has a LiDAR scanner. That's the other kind of super new thing to it is um, basically one of those AR things that can map your room. It like sends out all these um, lasers, I guess you could say, or sensor beams, a tractor beam from Star Trek, uh, and maps your room pretty much instantly. And so again, setting up for some great app development. Uh, I'm not super excited because I feel like we've been told this every time a new Apple device comes out that AR is going to be this incredible new thing. There's going to be tons of apps. And then we have the IKEA app. Basically, you can map your living room in an IKEA app. Um, so yeah, so that's new iPad. It iPad Pro, crazy awesome as usual. But um, the real announcement, I think, that was huge this week was this new MacBook Air. And the reason why is because for $999 now, you can get a MacBook. Now, it's not a MacBook Pro, so it's not going to have all those specs and all those cool things. But you can basically get a $1,000 really well-built MacBook Air. It's got the new uh, scissor switch keyboard and the keys they listen to people complaining about the butterfly keys from the past two years that everybody was just upset about so now they're back to more of a clicky key kind of like my 2015 macbook pro uh it looks really awesome so if you're in the market for a new macbook i would definitely check out the macbook air i think the only drawbacks are going to be again you're not going to have tons of of power, you're not gonna have tons of ports to plug things in. But as far as having a laptop in your backpack and maybe for a student getting it for your son or daughter going off to college, it is a great device for writing papers, going on the internet, listening to music. So for a thousand bucks, I'd definitely check out that new MacBook Air that just came out in the last week. All right, the other big tech news this week is PS5, PlayStation 5. I mentioned last time, our last episode, we finally got into gaming a little bit. And I have always been a PlayStation guy. Pretty much from uh, when I was a little boy, I played, you know, Atari in television. And then when I got into my young boyhood years, I played Nintendo, Super Nintendo. But once PlayStation came out, I've had every single PlayStation. I have loved that controller. I know that controller that's been consistently mapped throughout all generations, all previous four generations. And now finally, this fall, PS5 
is launching. And it was really interesting because Sony was taking forever to actually release information. Like again, things were leaking, speculation, all these things were happening. But now we actually have something from Sony. Sony did something weird this year. They had their developer press conference before they had like their consumer press conference. So normally they would show like a mock-up of what it's going to look like, show you some cool videos, get everybody excited probably not drop the pricing like let us know what the pricing is but this year for some reason i think because they weren't ready they didn't have uh some of the ducks in a row yet for the um consumer release so they had to put something out there they were pushed up against the ropes and so they had a developer press conference and i am super excited i'm going to play a clip here from the actual con uh conference but one of the things that I'm excited about is they're moving to an SSD hard drive. So similar to those of you who have Macs or have the latest um, notebooks, the solid state drives have incredibly fast uh, load times compared to uh, a non-SSD hard drive. It's just totally different. Uses a lot less energy, which saves a ton of energy use, all that stuff. And so here's some of that conference from Sony's developer press conference for the PS5. To me, the SSD really is the key to the next generation. It's a, a game changer. And it was the number one ask from developers for PlayStation 5. As in, we know it's probably impossible, but can you put an SSD in it? What if we could have not just an SSD, but a blindingly fast SSD? If we could load five gigabytes a second from it, what would change? As for time to load a gigabyte, this is next gen we're talking about, so memory is bigger. Instead, we should be asking how long to load two gigabytes. And the answer is about a quarter of a second. I mean, that's amazing. We're talking two orders of magnitude, meaning very roughly 100 times faster. The primary reason for an ultra-fast SSD is that it gives the game designer freedom. So when I talked about the dream of an SSD, part of the reason for that five gigabyte a second target was to eliminate loads, but also part of the reason for that target was streaming. As in, what if the SSD is so fast that as the player is turning around, it's possible to load textures for everything behind the player in that split second? Take my money now. Can we get a down payment going for this new PS5? I'm super excited. He goes on to talk about the GPU and how their goal is 100 times faster than PS4. They are really taking a huge jump here. And they should, right? Because game systems, consoles, I've had my PS4 for like six years. Like these things aren't like phones that are replaced every year. These really are like long time devices that sit on your TV table and your family uses for many, many years. So it's important that it makes a huge jump technologically. Later this year, NASA is sending another rover to Mars. I love the fact that right now on Mars, there is little robots driving around. I just think that's super cool. And they're sending another one this fall. And what's cool about this one, guys, I just read this article. They're sending one with a laser on it. And it's really getting to be Star Trek Star Wars-y because the whole point of the laser is it's going to like shoot this 18,000 degrees Fahrenheit 
laser and vaporizing rocks. And it's going to be taking that data, finding out what kind of material is there, what kind of uh, rocks are there, and what kind of chemical makeup is in the material. There's even going to be a microphone on the rover that's whole purpose is to listen when the laser hits the rock. Like this stuff is just, when you really slow down to think about it, it is such cool times that we live in, right? Like let's get over coronavirus and forget about that for a minute. Let's hit the pause button. We still live in a world, folks, where people, we have things on other planets that are sending data back to Earth, and we're listening to sounds on Mars, we're seeing pictures from the surface of Mars, and I pray to God that in our lifetime, we get to see a man or woman set foot on Mars. Wouldn't that be so unbelievable in our time? Well, we'll have to wait a little longer for that, but it's neat to see different things uh, moving forward, such as this Mars rover coming uh, later this year. For this episode in culture, we only have two stories, mainly because, well, coronavirus is kind of taking over culture. It seems like everywhere we go, it's coronavirus, coronavirus. But I don't want to be that voice in your ear today because you're hearing enough of that everywhere else. But our two stories are still interesting nonetheless. Uh, Did you guys know that Oprah Winfrey was trending on Twitter allegedly being arrested for sex trafficking. Yes, I don't know if you saw this. It, it to me it never popped up in the news, but I did see it on Twitter that somehow somewhere somebody had a fake, I guess, tweet and it just started to get some legs down in uh Florida that she was a part of this um sex trafficking ring and she was arrested. And so one of her friends called her to let her know, "Hey Oprah, you might want to say something about this cuz she wasn't." And so at 1:39 a.m. in the morning, Oprah Winfrey tweets, Just got a phone call that my name is trending and being trolled for some awful fake thing. It's not true in all caps. Haven't been raided or arrested. Just sanitizing and self-distancing with the rest of the world. Stay safe, everybody. And then she has the praying hands emoji. So cute. So good to hear that Oprah Winfrey, our beloved, is not arrested for sex trafficking seriously positive story that that wasn't true but hey oprah in the news i'm gonna click gets a lot of clicks here in the states i'm frankly surprised she hasn't announced running for president you know she had to be thinking about it and i think she'd have a pretty good chance given the uh, current state of things uh moving on what do you guys think about the royals i'll say right up front that i have had kind of a odd Uh, changing relationship with the royal family. I'm speaking of the royals in Britain, I should be more specific. Um, But growing up, I could care less. I always thought it was weird that they had a king, and I always felt like, well, we live in the United States, so we kind of like flicked them off and became our own country. And so it was kind of like, eh, I don't care about the royal family. I think they're just a bunch of rich snobs. 
Um, but two things happened since then. One is I watched the Netflix series, which I highly, highly, highly recommend called The Crown. I don't know if you've seen The Crown, but especially the first uh, two seasons, really, really good. Great acting. To me, the best part of that show is it's all historical. I mean, at the end of each episode, I'm Googling stuff. I'm looking it up. It's all factual. It all stands out. I learned a ton about Britain. I learned a ton about the uh, Queen. And for those of us here, cultured Christians, man, she was a cultured Christian. The Queen of England, uh, just in so many ways, was a devout Christian. And I loved how the series didn't shy away from that and also didn't make her look like a buffoon. A lot of times Christians in Netflix shows or movies or whatnot, music, mainstream stuff, are made to look like idiots. And they actually showed her in a light that it strengthened her as a leader. It set her up as a, as a queen. And the other thing that got me into more into the Royals than previously is that I did a DNA test. I don't know if you guys have ever done the 23andMe or Ancestry.com, but I found out that by a fair margin, I think it's like 35%, I am from England. I am from right outside of London. That's where a lot of my family came from. And so again... That made me a little bit more interested in uh, news related to the royals and kind of Britain and all that stuff. So that leads us to today's story, which this is like hot off the press. Prince Charles, the heir to the throne. So if the queen dies tomorrow, Prince Charles is king of England. He has tested positive for coronavirus. Now, there's been some celebrities, NBA players, but to me, this is probably top top shelf. I don't know how you say that. Like, of the people on the planet that have it, <clears throat> this is pretty dang significant. Like, second to the throne in a, you know, country that's, you know, got an amazing history and just so many things going on there, a major part of world history. And so, yeah, hopefully this guy recovers. He's 71. They say he's just showing mild symptoms, but he's definitely at that risky, uh, in that risky demographic, that age group. And so we wish our Prince Charles well. And of course, he's self-quarantine and pretty much everybody who's been around him is as well. But I just thought that was interesting. Again, in light of world events that someone like him <clears throat> has the coronavirus, that's pretty big news. All right, as we wrap up this here, episode five, I just want to make another personal plea to hear from you guys. I still want to hear more feedback on the show. How's this going? Are you liking what you're hearing? Uh, do you wish things would change? You notice today I brought back the music interludes. I kind of heard some, again, positive things about getting some new music in there and kind of interlacing it in between the clips. Let me know what you think about that. And again, I'd love not just your feedback, but I also want to hear some uh, topic ideas. I want to hear people that you think I should interview, or maybe you know someone that I don't even know, somebody you think that would be an interesting interview here on the show. They, by far and away, don't have to be someone who's a Christian, a practicing Christian. Again, it can be someone from culture, from technology. Um, those are definitely areas uh, as well. And so with that... I hope that you enjoyed this and all of our episodes on the Cultured Christian Podcast. Please join the conversation over on our Reddit. 
Also like and share us on our Facebook page. And lastly, if you have that feedback or topic ideas that I was just chatting about, please email them at culturedchristians at gmail.com or share them via text or voicemail at 810-207-5717. And of course, as always, we'll see you in the next one.